Welcome to Cornerstone Assembly of God's weekly sermon podcast. Thanks for joining us. You can head over to cornerstoneaog.com to find information on different ministries that we offer. Thank you for downloading. Now I think it's time we listen to this week's sermon. Most amazing song at all of all. And you can go back to the first one. I'm not there yet. I'm still on. We're going to be on verse 1 for about another 45 minutes or something like that. No, no. <laughs> Look in the scriptures. What's the name of Jesus Christ? King of all kings. He's the Lord of all lords. When you look at the holy place of the temple where God dwells in that holy place, it's the holy of holies. This is a song of all songs, the most amazing song of all. We can read through Proverbs, we can read through the book of Psalms, which is a book of songs, but people, you got to get this. You have to understand it. This is the most, this is the most amazing one of all. Nestled right in the middle of the Old Testament, I believe it's the Holy of Holies of Psalms, where Jesus is singing over each of your hearts. His love for you. And so we're going to just spend a few moments just getting that. Father, just allow your love just to so saturate them that they understand that you're singing over them right now and dancing over them. And you rejoice over each one of them. And it's not about their performance. It's not about what you can do. There's none righteous. There's no not one righteous. It's not about what you can religiously kind of do, and it's not about a balance where if I do a lot of good stuff, he's going to love me more. He's singing over you and dancing over you and rejoicing over you with the most greatest song of all right now, each and every one of you. And if you were individually put on the place of this earth, God would still send Jesus Christ out of heaven's glory. Come on, perfect God who has no needs at all. In heaven's glory, why would he leave the place of heaven's glory? Because he wasn't complete without you. He came because of his love for you. And he took those beatings on the, on the crown of thorns and he was put out on a cross because of his love for you. And in the Aramaic language, when he said, it is finished, the Aramaic language has a beautiful word picture here. The word is kalal, and that word means my bride. It is finished, my bride. It is completed. The marriage contract is now complete. We are now able to become one again. That's who Jesus Christ is to you. He loves you so much that he took that on the cross. And when that pierced, they side with a spear. Blood and water poured out, but just like out of Abraham, Adam's side came his bride, the pure side of Christ produced you, his beautiful bride, forever and ever. And if you've been born from above, you have all eternity to spend with him. You were born for relationship with God forever and ever. That's who you are. And it's such a lie of the enemy to make us think that it's anything less than that. So we're going to go into verses 2 through 
four right now and see her destiny, which is your destiny. So if you can put that up there, we'll read verses two through four, and then we'll just break it down and look at it and see what it is. First of all, there's a Shulamite in this divine song of all songs, which is the picture of his bride. You're the Shulamite bride of Christ, amen? So every time you see the Shulamite talking, that's you talking. And every time Jesus talks, he's the bridegroom king who's talking to you. And then there's these other folks in there, um, friends or brides-to-be, immature ones who are watching from afar, who want what you have. And the coolest thing is, is that <laughs> this book starts with him pursuing you, and that's the story. But it ends with you becoming complete, walking in a commission with him, bringing others into this love. And another kiss takes place, and another bride begins to get it. What a beautiful story. So it starts with you saying, smother me with kisses. His spirit kisses divine. Wow. So kind, your caresses. I drink them in like the sweetest wine. I'm just going to stop in verse 2 there. Don't look at this as guys, you know, Aaron, don't look at it like I'm going to come up and, as Jesus and kiss you on the mouth, but look at it this way. <laughs> maybe, maybe this is a good way to explain it. In the book of Genesis, you see that Jesus spoke and there was earth. Jesus spoke and there was light. Jesus spoke and there was animals. Jesus spoke and there was the fish in the sea. But in Genesis 2, 7... Before Genesis 2-7, actually in Genesis 1-28-27, God said this. He said, let us, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, make man in our image and likeness. And I truly believe, and I've said it before, that there's a trinity of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, but there's actually a fourth part of that, and that's you. He's opened up his life and said, I want a relationship with you, and I'm making you the very part of me, and I'm giving you my DNA, my love. And the picture in Genesis 2-7 is as he formed mankind, brought him up, and face to face, he blew his very essence of his spirit into man, the divine kiss from God. Each one of us, when we are born from above, and every time we receive a new infilling of the Holy Spirit, we get the divine kiss from a heavenly bridegroom who blows the spirit, his spirit, his essence into each and every one of us. And the cool thing is, is look at that. Smother me with your kisses, it's plural. He doesn't stop. He continues to blow his spirit into you. Kiss his spirit into you more and more and more. It even shows that when Moses went up onto the mountain, and he spoke face-to-face -face with God, that that word actually in Hebrew, face-to-face, -face, means mouth-to-mouth. -mouth. That God came to Moses and breathed the spirit of the living God into Moses. Where do you think he got all that information and how to do all the stuff he did? Come on. And each one of you have been kissed with that kiss and will continue to be kissed with that kiss. And I know that you might think, I'm not worth it, or it's, it doesn't happen to me. But if you've been born from above, you've been kissed and will be continued to be kissed by him for all eternity. The filling of his spirit in you. 
Hallelujah. The divine kiss. That's what we were created for. That's who we are. No attack of the enemy can take that from you. God wants to smother you with his essence, his DNA, his life inside of you and love on you. Isn't that cool? <laughs> I mean, we could stop right there, and if you'd just get that, if we would just understand that and know that, that the divine kiss of the king of the universe is on each and every one of us forever and ever. Come on, it really helps us with all the junk and all the pain of this earth and all the stuff that seems to happen to us in this earth to know that he's not going to stop loving you, he's not going to stop pouring his love on you, and his spirit in you will be conforming you into his image as the bride begins to mature into the image and likeness of God and be the eternal partner for all eternity of Jesus Christ. God the Father is not just a, a father-in-law. God the Father is your loving Father who created you for divine relationship for all eternity. Come on, you got to get it. You got to understand that that's who you are. I don't care what the enemy says, and I don't care what the world says about you. This is who you are, and when we get an idea and understand and begin to know who we are in Christ and see things from God's perspective about who we are, it changes us. Mm. And he says, so kind of your, are your caresses, or, or the bride says it. I drink them in like the sweetest wine. Wine is a picture of earthly pleasures. There's no wine sweeter than the intoxicating love of God. And so the sweetest of all wines, there's no earthly wine that could ever, there's no intoxicant on this earth that could ever um, go there. I used to, is Steve here? I don't see Steve, but I only had two of them, but I had these bumper stickers that said, there's no high like the most high. Steve got one, I had the other one. I used to have that in my car, but come on, there's no high. There's nothing higher. There's nothing on this earth. There's no wine of this earth. There's no drug on this earth. There's nothing that you can do. There's no thrill ride on this earth that's higher than the love of the Most High beginning to intoxicate you and fill you with his love. Come on. Come on. There's nothing better. That's who you are. So his divine caresses. You know, he doesn't come to you and say, Deborah. Why did you sin yesterday? What are you doing? You know, never. He's always coming in love. Always in love. No matter what you do, he always loves you. And he'll always pick you up and dust you off and say, come on, my bride. Come on. I'm here for you. I'll never leave you or forsake you. No matter how many times we reject him, no matter how many times we turn from him, he's always there, always there for you. You've got to get it. You've got to understand it. He'll never leave you, ever, ever. He loves you. You're his purpose. You are his purpose for coming out of heaven's glory. You complete him. Without you, he is incomplete. I know that sounds weird, but without you, Linda, God is incomplete. Wow. Without you, Dennis, God is incomplete. And he will do everything he can to complete himself in that love with you. Wow. Your 
presence releases a fragrance so pleasing over and over poured out. Your lovely name is flowing oil. Again, we, she gets it. She begins to understand the Shulamite, and she says, your fragrance. Come on, at the alabaster box that was broken open over Jesus was worth a year's worth of wages, and was broken over him as a, as a sacrifice. And as it was, that fragrance began to just emanate all over the place. Jesus Christ is your alabaster box broken over you. And his fragrance, as he breaks himself open for you, permeates you and fills you with his presence. And that sweet smell of Jesus broken over over you touches heaven, and it's supposed to touch others as we allow that fragrance of his sacrifice broken over us, filling us. Oh, come on, somebody's got to get this. Mm. For your lovely name is flowing oil. No wonder the brides to be adore you. Jesus, Jesus. There's something in that name. His name is flowing oil, broken open at Calvary. Flowing oil that come comes when that spirit kiss comes. Flowing oil that came at Pentecost and continues to come. That flowing oil of Jesus Christ. You know, the the oil or the anointing oil, the word Christ means the anointed one. He is the anointed flowing oil that flows over you, the oil of the spirit that touches you. Remember Pastor Brenda talking about the virgins who didn't have the oil? Jesus provides that flowing oil for all eternity for you. It's there for you. All you got to do is take it. It's there for every one of us. As a matter of fact, he died for every person, past, present, and future, that will ever walk on this planet. It's just that some of them don't know and don't understand, and they got a veil over them, and they don't understand this love. And when we get this love and we understand it and we see things through his eyes, and later on we're going to get, and we probably won't get there because it's way down in verse or chapter 4, but it says, I want to see you with dove's eyes. Your eyes to be dove's eyes. Dove's eyes, they mate for life, doves. And they're only focused on one thing. What he's saying is when your eyes are focused on me and we're together in one, I see you always that way. No matter what you're focused on or where you're going, Jesus sees you to the place where you're going to be. He doesn't see you right now in your pain. He doesn't see me in all my immaturity right now and all my stupidity that's of this earth. He sees me way over here into the future because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He sees me already completed by the Holy Spirit. He sees me already walking as one in him. So he doesn't see things as we see things. He sees us as who we will be in him for all eternity. Mm. Flowing oil. No wonder the brides-to-be adore you. These are, and we'll see something from them later, but they're the ones who are kind of watching from afar, but they still love Jesus. They're very immature, but they haven't gotten this revelation yet. And so these brides-to-be begin to adore him and know him. Now look at this next verse. 
verse 4, draw me into your heart and lead me out. That should be all of our cries. Draw me. Draw me into your heart, Lord. But also to lead me out. Lead me out into the co-mission that you have for me, the mission we have together. To run to the mountaintops. To take out the den of the lion and the lair of the leopards. And bring people into the kingdom of God. To remove the veil of darkness off of them and allow your light to shine on them. This isn't about us just hanging out in the Holy of Holies, which we're going to see next. This is about us running with him into our destiny and purpose on this earth. I tell you, we're, the reason why people are so hurt and so beat up and they got so much junk on them because they don't understand their life's purpose. They don't understand who they are. This is the most important song of songs because of that. This reveals his love and it reveals who you are. And it tells you to come on, let's go into that destiny and purpose together. And while you're on this earth, let's share this love with other people. Wow. This is simple, yet so many people don't get it. And he says, draw me into your heart and lead me out. We will run away together into your cloud-filled chamber. The Holy of Holies, the cloud-filled chamber of the king of the universe. He actually takes you and invites you into his own heart, into his own presence, into that place. Do you know when Jesus died on the cross, what happened? The veil of the temple was ripped from the top to the bottom. Only a high priest could ever go in there before. It was ripped from the top to the bottom. And God says, because of the sacrifice of my son, my child... You are now my child. You can come running into my presence, into the Holy of Holies, anytime you want. You can walk into my presence. The God of the universe is saying to you individually, you can come and have relationship with me. And matter of fact, I'm going to reveal myself to you and show you that that's why I created you, for eternal relationship with me forever. And ever, and in that place of that cloud-filled chamber, that place of the Holy of Holies where he opens himself to us and he reveals himself to us, downloads of his revelation, of his goodness, of his love begin to just saturate us as the Holy Spirit begins to mold us and shape us and we get to have relationship with the king of the universe. Come on, relationship with the king of the universe where he shares his life, his purpose, your purpose. Come on, you get to walk into that place anytime you want. Invited in by Jesus Christ. Why? Why? Because when God sees you, he sees Jesus. And the love that he has for Jesus is the same love that he has for you, the scriptures say. So when he sees you coming into his presence, he sees the righteousness of Christ and the cross broken. No sin, no shame. I've said this before, but Dennis... He's got a robe of righteousness with a designer label written in the back for you. And it said, made by the blood of Christ for Dennis. Come on, every one of us have our own robe of righteousness. So when God sees us, it's the righteousness of Christ that he sees. So we can walk righteously into the throne room of the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. And he'll share himself with you. Every single one of you have that 
ability of that gift because of the blood of Christ and what it's done. Every single person on the face of the earth has that gift sitting out there for them. But the things of this world and the enemy has put a veil over that. And people don't get it and don't understand it. Who you are. This is your destiny. This is who you are. This is why you were created. And this is your purpose to be on this earth. It's not to go get a job somewhere. And it's not to do some of the things that we're doing. It's not to go have fun and make up all kinds of games that we can play while we're on this earth and have all kinds of hobbies and different things that we're doing. There's nothing wrong with any of that stuff. But this is why you're placed on this earth. And for all eternity, this is who you are. And the faster you get a grip on who you are, the faster the enemy's lies in this world lies cannot touch you. Come on. I, I, we work in a Celebrate Recovery program. I'm going to give you the one step for Celebrate Recovery and for every other recovery program. Understanding the love of Jesus Christ and walking in it will break off every sin there is. There's nothing that can withstand that love. It's unrelenting. It's, oh man, it's, come on. And we even sang, when heaven touches earth with a sloppy wet kiss. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And we see in Zephaniah 3.17 that God is dancing and spinning and leaping for joy over you. It doesn't matter where you're at. He's dancing and spinning and leaping for joy over you right now. That's who you are. That's who you are. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Scripture says in Matthew 4, 14, or 4, 4, we do not live by bread alone from this world. We don't eat, live by that. But we live by every word that we receive. Every word that we receive from God. Wow. The divine kiss. The word of God is divinely breathed. Doesn't it say that? The word of God is your love letter from the king of the universe and it's yours individually to have and to understand and to look at through the power of the Holy Spirit making it real to you. He's given us even a love letter called the Holy Bible. Mm. Again, in the center, he gives us a song. Wow. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Whew. Hallelujah. <laughs> Jesus. Again, turn to your neighbor and say, Jesus loves you. This I know. For the Bible tells me so. <laughs> Come on, those little kids' songs are so deep and so rich. Out of his love letter, he explains how much he loves you. And we need to know it. We need to drink it in. We need to allow his fragrance of his spirit to saturate us. We need to allow the Holy Spirit to come into us in such a mighty way. 
to blow out within us even the dirt and the dust. Fill us to overflowing with the love of Christ. Let that fragrance just saturate me so that I may be able to run with you to the holy hills and mountains, touching others for your glory. Mm. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So our life vision is in these four verses. Every one of us, our life vision is in these four verses. Are you willing to receive the divine kiss and let him smother you with his kisses? Are you willing to allow him to take you into his royal chamber, into the holy of holies, and reveal himself to you? Are you willing? It's a yielded heart. And the chorus of friends begin to say, we will remember your love as we praise and rejoice in you, celebrating your every kiss as a better than wine. No wonder righteousness adores you. Mm, better than wine. Nothing on this earth, no earthly pleasure, can take you to this place. This is all about yielding to the power of that divine kiss within you and allowing him to teach you, train you, shepherd you, love on you in the place of the Holy of Holies, which he's opened up for you to walk into at any time. I personally, and maybe sometimes people don't understand it, I have a time every day in the morning where I'm in the Holy of Holies, and I viciously, and I'll say it, viciously fight for that place. If I get a phone call, if I get a visitor, I have a more important meeting that I'm in right then. I'm in a meeting with the king of the universe. And my time with the king of the universe and the holy of holies is very precious to me. Because he meets, I don't know why he would do it, but he came out of heaven's glory to meet with me. And he brings me into that place. And he reveals himself to me. I know I'm not worthy. I know there's nothing I can do to earn it. But I get the privilege, and every one of you have that same privilege, of meeting with God face to face. And I'm learning and I'm growing, and I know it's just not one meeting in the morning. I know it's a continual thing that he has for me for all 365, seven days a week. I'm learning that, and I'm growing into that. But I'm telling you, the most important place to start is every single one of you, please, if you just get this one thing, please, please understand that your meeting time with the Holy King of the universe is precious. And he wants to draw each and every one of you into that meeting. And you can start, if you haven't started, and you don't do that all the time, you can start right now. All your past junk doesn't matter. Get it cleaned up. Say, I repent. I'm giving it to you. I want to meet with you. you got to come like she did. Kiss me. Come on, say, say it with me. Kiss me, God. Kiss me, God. Come on, kiss me, God. Come on, I don't hear you. Kiss me, God. Kiss me, God with your divine kiss. Smother me with your divine kiss. Kisses, I should say. Mm. 
Thank you, Lord. Let's go to the next verse. There's a crisis that happens with all of us, even me, all of us. It happens. And as you get into the presence of the king of the universe, all of a sudden you see something on yourself that just doesn't match up. How can I, as dirty as I am, and as full of flesh as I am, have an entrance with the king and walk in his divine presence? I'm dirty. And she sees it. And she says this, Jerusalem maidens, I know I am so unworthy, so in need. And come on, that's where we kind of focus and stay too long. But look at what Jesus says right away. He interrupts her. Look at what Jesus says. Come on, you got to get this. Right away, the shepherd king, yet you are so lovely. He doesn't care about the dirt that can be cleaned off of us. He cares about us. And he wants relationship with us. And though we know we're unworthy and we're so full of need and we're dirty and dark, he says, yet you are so lovely. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And he puts that on us, interrupts us, and says, don't look at yourself. I died for those sins. I gave a big price for you. I died for those sins. I died for that dirt so that I could wash you and put you in robes of righteousness and clean you up for my honor and glory. And then she says, but I, but I feel as dark and dry as the desert tents of the wandering nomads. In some versions, it says the, the tents of Kedar. Those dark tents, come on, it says in 1 Corinthians 4, 4, where the dark veil of the enemy is put over us and we don't see properly. And sometimes we feel dark and we're in those dark places. Come on, I'm going to say something to you that no photography, but it's in the dark room where the negatives are formed. Some of you will get that tomorrow. We need to have the veil of the darkness taken off of us and allow his love to shine on us. We're the ones who walk into the darkness. We're the ones who get in those dark tents. And all he wants to do is rip that darkness off you and let his love shine on you. And he says to her again, he interrupts her, yet you are so lovely like the fine linen linen curtains hanging in the holy place. Wow. What he's saying is the holy of holies, the fine, perfect white purity of the linen curtains of the holy of holies where only the high priest could go in in the Old Testament once a year. He's saying that you permanently look spotless like those pure white linen curtains that surround my heart. Wow, that's who we think. Some of you are not getting it. Some of you are saying, well, this is just a story. This isn't a story. This is about you. This is about you. This is what God says about you, and God cannot lie. You've got to get this and understand and get this vision of who you are in God and see who you are. To him, you are lovely like the fine linen curtains hanging over the holy of holies, holy place. Ooh, hallelujah. <laughs> hallelujah. That's who he, he sees you as. So when I was telling you about the 
Come on, designer, robe of righteousness. He sees you as pure, white, unspotted, white linen surrounding his heart, clean, pure before him because of the blood of the lamb that has washed you. Mm. Eternal. God's love is eternal. This isn't going to change in 50 years. This isn't going to change in 100 years. And by the way, this isn't going to change in a million years. This is the truth about you. Some people don't ever get it, but I'm going to tell you what's going to happen to every single person on the face of the earth, past, present, and future. Every knee is going to bow, and every tongue is going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord of all. It's time to get it now and understand it now. Why walk in immaturity? Why walk going around the mountain over and over and over again? Why walk in the things of this world? Can the wines of this world really give you the high that God can give you? Come on, is there anything greater than him? So this is who he says you are. Let's go to the next, next verse, and then we'll close with that one today. Whew. Oh, I think we got, this, we got the six verses. Look at what she says still. She still has the crisis going on. All of us still have the crisis. I know what's happening in some of your thought patterns right now. That's cool and it sounds good, but I, you don't understand me, and that's how what she's doing right now. There's a crisis going on in her life. And she says, please don't stare in scorn because of my dark and sinful ways. For the life under the sun has embittered me, and the angry brothers have frustrated me. See how they have appointed me caretaker of their vineyards, Yet, as the care of my own inner vineyard has been neglected. Don't stare at my darkness. Don't look at me. Come on, the world defines you as your worst area of your life, your worst thing that happened to you. That's how the world defines you. But God sees you in his glory and defines you as who he is, one with him. The world will never define you the way God has already said you are. You were created by him for divine relationship. The world will never tell you that. So it, we get this idea of this dark sinfulness that's on us. And the life under the sun, the light, that means, I guess in a nicer way, the life on this earth has made us feel dark and sinful. Mm. And then she gets religious. And she gets mad and angry in her religion. Pharisaical religion, the, the do's and don'ts, the kind of the balance, you know, where if I do enough good stuff and if I'm real busy about doing good stuff all the time and I don't have time to meet in his chambers, I don't have time for him alone because I'm doing good stuff. I'm all, I gotta be doing stuff. And all of a sudden, her own vineyard becomes neglected. Her own garden before the Lord. Come on, the Garden of Eden is a spiritual picture of our hearts. And we each have a garden within our heart where we come and we meet in the Holy of Holies. You know, the, a lot of people think, well, you go off to heaven to meet in the Holy of Holies. Where does God reside? In your heart. Your heart is the garden of God. And I always picture <laughs> this garden where he just, he'll take you and he'll sit with you, meet with you. But if your own garden is being neglected because you're so busy doing stuff, and even the angry brothers, you know who they are? 
because we're going to see the real true shepherds soon. But the angry brothers are those in religion of man who think that if you can do so many good works, if you can do so much stuff, and so they get so busy, busy, trying to earn their way into heaven, that their own garden is neglected, but maybe if we can get somebody else to take care of my garden for me. And that's what they were doing to her. You come and do this stuff for me. Selfish. Religion of man. And so she begins to get caught up in that, in a crisis. Even though she saw the Holy of Holies, even though she's been kissed, Come on, every one of you have been born again, and every one of you at one time or another, or if you haven't, you will, get into that place where you're one-on-one with him. And even from that place, how come we still get here sometimes? I've been here (laughs) sometimes. I don't understand it, but I know the fastest way out of it is to go find him where he's at and get as close to him as we can get. Jesus is your answer. Hallelujah. I got a whole bunch more, but I want to open up for prayer time and altar time today. So I really like, oh, more. No, no. Altar. So let me just talk to God for a minute. (laughs) Where do you want to go next? Where do you want to go next? I think we're going to end here today and begin to Ask God through the power of his spirit to begin to blow on each every one in this place. Everyone, blow mightily this revelation wisdom. Come, blow this divine truth on everyone. If I can, yeah.